Nibbler's medicine is killing the worms in his body, but they've also infested the litter box itself. They reinfect him every time he uses it. Then throw out the litter. No, he needs it to live. It's from his ancestral pooping grounds. Welcome to the world of tomorrow. This is Back to the Futurama, your podcast voyage through the Hulu reboot of one of the greatest TV shows Fox and Comedy Central ever canceled. I'm Ben. And I'm Mike. And I can't help but laugh at that intro every time because we're back. It's too well, long. Well, it's not too only is long. it too long. Not only is it too long, I don't think either of us, again, we're, it's episode four of the Hulu world and both of us are like, still like, I cannot believe this is happening. Like somehow I could believe the Comedy Central one, but the Hulu one seems so bizarre to me. Anyway, Look, it's time any, for us. Anything, okay. anything in this world can get a single reboot. Yeah, if they were like, we're bringing back Better Off Ted for a single oh, season. Oh man, reboot, let's bring back Better I'd Off be like, Ted. I'd be like, all right, no, I believe that. If they were like, look, we we really tried to bring back um, what wh- what else has been brought back over the years that that then failed? <laughs> Arrested Development. It, we're bringing back Arrested Development again. Um, which I would be surprised fact- if that didn't happen. <laughs> Uh, despite the fact that Jessica Walters uh, did die, unfortunately, right. Uh, rest in peace to a real one. Um, yes, indeed. and uh, but yeah, if they were like, we're bringing back Arrested Development again, I'd be like, come on, come on, guy, seriously, There's, you could seriously. <laughs> well, you know what people don't hate to bring back? Outsourcing Mike's bids. By the way, today we're talking about Futurama season. Eight episode four, uh, <laughs> parasites regained. You didn't even let me get to that part. I, Go ahead, I Mike. Did, I, I didn't realize <laughs> we haven't. I, I I forgot. I went I went into my own nonsense. This is what happens when we're recording at non-standard times. We did not record on Tuesday because of the heat wave in Portland. Uh, we were recording this on Sunday, August twentieth. So, uh, yeah, we're we're a little loopy. Uh, we're doing it, but we've got that good, good shuffle with eight cards. So who you won't hear it at all. <laughs> that also means that this is the first episode I've watched twice prior to doing the episode. So at least in the reboot season, I do have a story to tell, but you, but we'll we'll go through it. Um, all right, so Ben, my good friend Ben. Yes, this one's not going to be funny in any way, or it could be. I don't know. My good friend Ben, would you rather abolish war or find a cure for every type of cancer? Would you rather abolish war or find a cure for every type of cancer? Oof. See, that's a t- that's that's a tough one because every time someone dies due to the thing I didn't choose, I'm going to be yeah. like, "Oh man, that death is on me." Even though it's not. If I did nothing and both still existed, that death would still have happened. Um Right. But I do feel like 
I, I do feel like science may one day be able to uh, cure cancer, whereas uh, humans like killing each other. So, like, Very if I could magically be like, all right, cool, war is over. Um, yeah. I feel like... I feel like I'm doing the more impossible task and then science can do the other one. Whereas if I'm like, I'm going to cure all cancers and then war keeps happening, like good luck solving war. Right. Because it's not like a biological thing you can you know, do. Right. People are- World War One was supposed to be the war to end all wars because everyone was like, Holy crap, we've gotten way too good at killing each other with like machine guns and mustard right. gas. And, and then guess what? We did it again. We all looked baby. at the atrocities of World War One and it left a collective scar across the entire planet. And they're like, Yeah, we're never doing that again. And then they did it again. Right. They did the whole thing. They even named it World War Two. Second not, World I'm, War. I don't want to spoil Oppenheimer for you, but they built a bomb, dude. They built a whole atomic bomb. I like the idea that you're going to spoil Oppenheimer for me. (laughs) Have you seen Oppenheimer? No. (laughs) Or are you just going off of known (laughs) historical fact? If if they were like, hey, here's a story, here's this movie about the guy who who built the atomic bomb, and then they're like, but twist, in this movie, he didn't do that. Okay, Uh, now I'm interested. (laughs) (laughs) I legitimately thought... You were you were gonna say like not to spoil Barbie? They do build the, the nuclear bomb in 1945. So yeah, I'm gonna go with end all wars. Yeah, I think that's the only right choice here. Like you said, like I mean, if you are just a guy and you're not like what it's very okay. So I will I I do want to point out that these would you rather's often are like either very incredibly mundane stuff where you're just you, a guy randomly in the world. Mm-hmm. And then this one is you're omnipotent. You can mm-hmm. do one of two things. Um, It's just funny. You're, to omni- me, but- you're omnipotent one time. Yeah. A single time. You can't time. do both. You expend your power. <laughs> Good luck. Uh, but yes, I agree with you. Uh, abolishing war. If, if it is indeed possible is, 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 of high regard because again mm-hmm. like you mentioned science is probably on its way to do the other thing and there will always be like maybe cancer is not the you know the the great limiter that we think it is it's something else and then it's it's always going to be like that that you know that horse race finding the new thing and trying to solve that and move on whereas war is just like pe- people the way that people want to just kill each other to get land mostly but sometimes oil and other stuff uh, mm-hmm. It's wild mm-hmm. to me. But yeah, I'd love to get rid of all war, so I would do it. Now that we've got the serious stuff out of the way, let's talk about a podcast. Let's talk about a let's talk about an episode of Futurama. That episode is season eight, episode four. Parasites regained. Guess who's back? Guess who's back? It's Nibbler. Well, it, oh, I mean, right. every, and the worms, and the worms. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, uh, for uh, just want a, a, maybe a, tr- a spoiler warning or content warning on this one. Uh, don't watch this episode of television while eating lunch. Uh, I've been there. Don't think you want to do it. I ate lunch, yeah. and and I literally I was like, oh, I'm gonna watch it with lunch, and I'll be ready to go later. And I'll, I, like 15 minutes in the episode, I'm like, this was a giant mistake. Yeah, I should have thought about that because when we were talking about recording, I'm like, oh, I'm going to watch the episode during lunch. 
because I, I mentioned I was going to rewatch the episode. I watched it on Monday because we usually record Tuesdays. Uh, we didn't record because of the massive heat wave in Portland. Right. And then the uh, so I was like, oh, oh I'll rewatch it again. So I, I was like, hey, I'm going to watch it again and then I'm good to go. And you're like, oh, I'll watch it during lunch. Didn't think about giving you any sort of warning on that because like. Yeah. Well, I mean, at the same time, I should have seen the title and been like, hey. Yeah. Yeah. In fairness, it does have the word parasites right in the title. Yeah. yeah. So where I'm like, I think I clicked it and I was like, huh, that's an interesting. It's the worm episode. Well, I have my lunch. And then so that that went down. Um, I won't say smoothly, but it, it I, it's in the stomach. Uh, so yeah, the the worms come back. The worms that previously made uh, fry into gumbercules, uh, they're back. Yep. Um, and the and same boy, exact if, worm king, by the yes. way. And He's by lasted the way, all these years. And also, if you know, if you like Dune, uh, this will be an episode for you. If you've not interacted with Dune in any way, like I have, it's a little confusing. But I'm like, I think this might be Dune. Uh huh. I watched maybe half of the original Dune. Like there was a movie. Okay, with Kyle McLaughlin. Uh, Dune movies. Because there was a Kyle McLaughlin, right? I, I, you're saying a guy's name. You know Kyle McLaughlin. I do not. He's he's the guy in Twin Peaks. Yeah. uh, uh, TV series I've definitely seen. Um, okay, uh, uh, he is the the mayor in Portlandia. Oh, okay, I know that guy. Um, wow. Yeah. Okay. So, great. Editor's note: Kyle McLaughlin is also the voice of a dung beetle in this very episode of Futurama. I only discovered that while editing, and I figured I'd throw that in here. So there was a uh, <laughs> the, the David Lynch. Ones. 1984 Dune, and I, I'm i pretty sure I saw like half of it because my roommate right after college loved Dune, and he uh, acquired a copy of it in some fashion, which I will not say, but if you're a cop legally, you have to tell me. And he was like, oh, I'm going to watch Dune, sure. and I think I watched about half of it. I had no idea what was going on. That's my entire exposure to Dune. That and people talking about it on Twitter. Uh, when the new movie, the the new movies came out, uh, that's it. That's all I know about Dune. So I will say this is back to classic Futurama, which is making sci-fi references to things I've not seen. Yes, absolutely <laughs> nailed it on this one, Futurama. Nailed it. Um, they're like, hey, we've we've done Star Trek, despite the fact Ben and Mike haven't seen it. What if we did Dune? What if what if, what have, if we did hey, Dune? Hey, have they seen that? Somebody get somebody get on the horn. Uh I've heard Dune is very good, but I've I've not I have um, also heard Dune is very good, and it's one one of I think it's one of my dad's favorite books. And I've been like in my head, I'm like, I should really read that. And then of course I haven't, and I'm 35 years old. <laughs> my capacity to read has just deteriorated over the years um i've sure. read one and a half books this entire year uh the most recent book i read was raw dog the naked truth about hot dogs uh which i would recommend um it did make me decide that um 
hot dogs are gross and all food ever is gross. And then also hot dogs are great and I need a hot dog. And sure. yesterday my single goal in life was get a hot dog, which I did. Um, yeah, you, you shared a picture to the group chat and I was like, damn, he's living his dream. Uh, author Jamie Loftus does say spoilers for raw dog, I guess, but she does say that one of the five best hot dogs in the country is right here in Portland. And so I was going to go get that one, but they were mysteriously closed. So I got one down the street, which was pretty good. Um, I like, I do. I really love the idea of spoilers for nonfiction. I mean, the book is simultaneously about the history of hot dogs and uh, uh, the world of competitive eating, uh, which is the chapter where I decided food was bad, actually. And then, <laughs> sure. yes, of course. We, we but, who, who hasn't seen Joey Chestnut literally housing tins of hot dogs on July 4th and said, no, you know what? This hot dog thing is pretty good. Uh-huh. Uh, and then the other bit is just her and her boyfriend driving across the country, trying a bunch of different hot dogs. Uh, and, um, it turns it into a very weird, like personal sort of, uh, story of, uh, what she calls <laughs> hot dog summer. And, Ooh. um, uh, it's, I could go for it's, a hot dog summer. It's, it's, it's both, I, the way I described it was it, the book was funnier, sadder, hornier, grosser, and more thought-provoking than uh, I ever would have expected because it turns it into a weird personal memoir of Hot Dog Summer, summer 2021, as we all entered back into a world post-2020. Okay, And she did it by eating up to five hot dogs in a day, every day. Hell yeah. uh, the summer. Hell yeah. That sounds (laughs) awesome. you and I'm, you and I should do a hot dog day because I keep I keep telling my wife that I should do a hot dog day where I do like four or five hot dogs in a day. Yeah, I'm terrified to embark on this by myself. Oh, but you, uh, we should do a hot dog. You, no, day. you you've hit you've hit in my precise uh, area of expertise. Let's and let's pick level. let's pick four or five different hot dog places. We'll go get hot dogs. That'll be that'll be our Saturday. One oh yeah, of these days that awesome. Yes, absolutely sweet. I love this uh, idea. <laughs> I and and I will say the content uh, brain of mine is like we should record this and put it out on Patreon so so people could see our uh, just how how bloated we are after that fifth hot dog. Uh huh. Um. Anyways, so yeah, I've read uh and the other <laughs> book that I've read half of and still need to finish is uh Hi Honey I'm Homo by Matt Baum, which is about okay the uh, history of. Uh, queer representation and uh, queer people behind making your favorite telev- television series. Um, and it's also very good, but I need to finish it because, sure. again, I don't have the brain space to read here in 2023. That's um, fair. Unless, unless it's about hot dogs. Well, anyways. so It has to mostly be about hot dogs. Occasionally other things. And Dune, as far as I'm aware, does not have any hot dogs in it. I mean, it does have spice, from what I understand. Could you put spice on a hot dog? If the oh. answer is no, I'm not reading that damn book. <laughs> you can't make me. I I think I, I don't think it's tr- it's been tried in the world of Dune. Okay, okay. But who's to say? 
uh, somebody's writing some fanfic in this very moment about putting spice on a hot dog in the Dune world by Do Paul Atreides. Spice from Dune <laughs> on a hot dog. Okay, this is just a lot of articles about what different spices you can put on a dog uh, on a hot dog, and then a couple of links to the Dune subreddit that don't appear to have anything to do with hot dogs. Sure, it is. It can, okay. So here, okay, okay. Hold on. Uh, it can be processed to create things such as spice paper, space fiber, or chemical explosives, um, or create spice essence or spice gas. Ooh, her f- in Dune, Lady Jessica notes her first taste of spice tasted like cinnamon. Okay, so it um, is tasteable. It might, be, it might that might not be great on a hot dog. I don't know. We'll figure it out. We'll do. I'm we'll sure do our can... hot dog day. We'll get some Dune you, spice. Okay, no, hold on. Let's, on. Let, no, I want to think about time. This. Well, uh-huh. what you put it in a churro bun. Mm-hmm. You have maybe a sweet, a, like a sweet sausage. You put some spice on there. The cinnamon taste kind of goes with the churro. You chomp that down. It's a nice little Mexican uh, a, a, a treat along with um, whatever, a ruckus. It'll be great. Okay. Uh, so anyways, neither one of us knows anything about Dune. So let's no. talk about the Futurama <laughs> Dune episode. Uh, the whole story the revolves around the fact that Nibbler is getting dumb because he <laughs> has these parasites. Right. Uh which, which they, are the same parasites that made Fry smart in the original run. Right. Um, and and that actually becomes that remembering of, hey, didn't it make make Fry smart? Actually is the result is like the end of the episode where they're uh-huh. like, wait, how can we make them make Nibbler smart? <laughs> it is a weird story in the fact that Leela always forgets that Nibbler can eat talk and is very smart. Which I feel is also true because I often forget that because <laughs> it's true. the 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 it's canon only, of Futurama plays it really, really fast and loose with that. Yeah, like, it's only deployed like very very randomly because there are entire episodes where it's like, oh right, Nibbler can talk, and then at the end of the episode they're like, actually we're happier if Nibbler is just a dumb house pet who eats a lot. <laughs> Right, or or everybody's memory will be wiped or something. Uh-huh. So it is weird that the whole plot is like, oh, he might turn into just a dumb house pet. And Leela's like, no, I can't, I can't <laughs> imagine that. Even though 20 minutes ago, she was like, Nibbler's just a dumb house pet. I do so. love the, the little gag where Leela like, says, I'd like to see the film, Leela. Nibbler, you can talk. You always forget I can talk. Nibbler, you can talk. That was very uh-huh. funny to me. He is turning dumb because of these parasites um, that uh, we don't know at the time. Wink are the wink. same parasite, even though it's a re- the episode title is a very clear yeah, reference yeah. to parasites. And we, and we saw it in the previews. <laughs> like in the I trailers, they definitely I, saw the worms. I specifically did not watch any trailers because I was trying to go well, in. See, there you go. Super fresh. Um, I. I specifically got targeted on TikTok uh, for Futurama trailers. Surprise, uh, it knows me very well. But all I remember seeing are the scene with uh, Fry's pants being pulled down at the cliff. And mm-hmm. then in the first episode when Bender punches the guy as they walk into Fulu headquarters. 
Those are yeah. the only ones that re- stuck in my brain. So I've got the two that I've got. So yeah, uh, Nibbler starts. We we are we and Leela are reminded that Nibbler A can talk and B is super intelligent. She's doing a three dimensional uh, crossword puzzle, which um, I will say. As someone who who does, uh, I, I do the USA Today crossword, which tends to be pretty easy. Sure. Um, but just the idea of doing like a three dimensional uh, crossword fills me with dread because oh, that yeah. seems like I, a lot to take in. It, I started panicking immediately. What's a two by three by five letter name for a three by twenty three by twenty nine number name for a movie featuring a one by four by nine object? Easy. 2001, A Space Odyssey. I, I will occasionally do the New York Times, and it is like, I think I am overmatched here, uh, but I'm still kind of doing it. <laughs> yeah, I was doing the Washington Post one for a while, and then it, the Washington Post one is always rough because it's like, sup, dude, it's Monday. Guess what? You did this crossword puzzle in like 10 minutes or less. Man, you you're so smart. Hey, what's up, dude? It's Tuesday. Oh, yeah, you did this one in like 15 minutes or less. Man, you're super smart. Hey, man, what's up? It's Wednesday. You're an idiot. You don't know what <laughs> words are. Go go, jump off a cliff, you stupid idiot. Go By back the way, to Monday, doofus. Thursday's, Thursday's going to be harder, so get wrecked, moron. And I'm just like, all right, all right, uh... The difficulty Washington curve, Post crossword. The difficulty Thanks. curve went wild on this one. I I only really I only really do it when I remember about it because I have a, a subscription to the Athletic, the uh, the sports site. Because of course again, you do sports uh-huh. site, and and it's like I was like I don't I don't really read this. I'm just gonna c- close my account. And they're like, you can have it for two dollars a year and have access to the New York Times games page. And I'm like, okay, fine, two bucks is not bad. Then occasionally I'll do the crossword and I'll be like, wow, I'm bad at these. <laughs> I feel so, like I should be better at them, but I'm not. I'm just uh-huh. not at all. Uh, so the uh, yeah, so Nibbler is smart and talking again, except then he's immediately dumb. And getting dumber because of the parasites. Um, And the solution is, uh, of course, ivermectin, which Mm -hmm. is, uh, it's a weird poll. I mean, it's weird in the fact that it is, in reality, actually a deworming medication. So they're not wrong there. But it is like, we're making this reference... We're we're making this reference because because of the whole like people right. taking it for COVID thing. Like legitimate legitimately, if that if that had never happened and you know, people mm-hmm. using it for COVID, that would have just been here's a dewormer. They would have never right. said the word ivermectin. And I'm right. like oh. or Yeah. Or they would it, have made up like a weird name for it. it's it's a weird it's a weird it's it's I understand the joke, especially because the whole point of the episode is deworming. But man, I don't want to be reminded ideally of COVID while watching Futurama, personally. Yeah, That's a personal a, thing, and I understand that. It's a weird pull because it dates the episode in a way yeah. that, like, in 10 years, you're going to be like, okay. Yeah, they 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 really they really did that. Okay, that's fine. Um, 
Although I will say it is a little bit more topical than Susan Boyle. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, Which we will continue to mention on this podcast because <laughs> we cannot forget about it. We, I mean, we cannot let it happen again. Attack of the Killer App is not my least favorite episode of Futurama, but nothing is quite as uh, emblematic of Futurama's inability to handle topical things like the Susan Boyle thing. Yeah. Like to this day, the fact like it at the time I was like, really guys? And now every (laughs) time I watch that episode, I'm like, why? Why did you do this? Exactly. Like it wasn't, it wasn't timely then. And now it's just like, (laughs) it just gets worse and worse. Can you imagine? Uh, like, okay, I know we've okay. got, I know we've got some listeners of this show who are a lot younger than we are. Um, sure. So they have to have missed the whole Susan Boyle thing in real life. I want to know what they think of Susan, <laughs> the Susan Boyle thing in Attack of the Killer app. Write into us. Uh, Contact form back to the futurama.net or you can email us directly uh back to the futurama podcast at gmail.com. Let us know. I I seriously want to know what people who missed the real life Susan Boyle thing think of Susan Boyle in Attack of the Killer app. Because that is <laughs> such a weird poll, and it blows my mind every time. Anyways, enough about Susan Boyle. That was the last <laughs> reboot. So, we... So, but, and now we're talking about Ivermectin. Yeah, so they, uh, they, they drug Nibbler to get rid of the, the, uh, the worms. And the, it, we find out that it is working, but he keeps getting reinfected because he keeps using the same litter box which is full of sand from his ancestral pooping ground. So he mm-hmm. can't, they, they can't replace the litter in it. it they, they have to keep the, uh, the same litter, apparently. Yeah, at, at least that's what Leela says, um, who previously was like, oh yeah, that's, that's why, yeah. Uh-huh. As if, you know, she hasn't just been lazy as hell. And it as goes- the person with a cat, I get it. Uh huh. It goes from oh, I just don't want to clean out the litter box to he literally needs this to live. She says he needs that litter to live. So, <laughs> but it's also that escalates uh, quickly. Yeah, it sure does. Um. So so the the easy answer here is uh, shrink down and uh, and go fight the the worms with with. Uh, what what seem to be super soakers full of ivermectin? That's um, exactly right, Mike. Um, <laughs> the best choice, and they shrink them down differently than in the previous parasite episode, uh, where they actually have like a shrinking ray that they get put into a tank and through a Hot Wheels track for some reason. <laughs> well, it came with the set, Mike. Yes, but it doesn't get shrunk until in the. <laughs> in the track and then for whatever reason the professor's like well gotta turn on this ring of fire for them to jump through before they land in the litter box i loved that bit though because that's so good that is totally classic futurama where they're just like 
And for no reason, they're on this Hot Wheels track and there's a ring <laughs> yeah. of fire. Uh, yeah, that was pretty funny. It was it was very enjoyable. So yeah, they get shrunk down in this tank, which they immediately lose because it falls into the sand. Now they are all shrunk and they are tasked with killing the worms with these super soakers full of ivermectin. And uh, the ecosystem in this litter box uh, is disgusting. There's all sorts yeah. of weird, gross creatures. Uh, the, uh, most specifically, the Doong beetles. I, I assume this is where you were regretting uh, watching this while eating your lunch. Um, yeah, it gets it gets real gross real fast. And uh, yeah, we get introduced to the the Doong beetles. The G is almost silent. Uh, and thus in case, begins. In case the, you missed the reference, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, because which, to be fair, um, was helpful for me. Like sometimes when you don't know the reference, it's helpful for them to be like, hey, buddy, by the way, this is a Dune reference. Just so you know, you know, so you don't make a fool of yourself on the podcast that you do about Futurama. So you're like, oh, and then for some reason, there are these dung beetles. And they're all there's giant sandworms and there's weird, uh, like they get they get sand high off that they get orange. high off of. Yeah, yeah, super weird. I don't know where they got the ideas for that. And then oh, well. forty million people. Uh, we don't have that many lists. Four people I mean, are yeah, like, I mean, <laughs> hey, you idiots! It's a Dune thing. Uh, so thanks, thanks to the Futurama writers for like, yeah, it's uh, fair, really I throwing do, us a bone there. I do now. If 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 making fools of us uh, get forty million view listeners to the podcast, I didn't know what this reference was at all. What's a dune? I don't know. Why is everybody getting weirdly high and orange eyed? Uh, by the way, here's a link to our Patreon. Uh, <laughs> Um. Yeah, we're it's great. We're we're now the top podcast in the country. We did it. Um, so no one ever has seen a Patreon like this one, where it just blew up out of nowhere. <laughs> Thus begins the Dune references. Uh, so there's going to be a lot of things that you and I just don't get here. But yeah, I do know from the like half of the 1984 movie that I saw. Okay. Like in in the nineteen eighty four version of Dune, they do the they do the weird space drugs. Yes. Uh, which is called spice. I do mm-hmm. know that the spice must flow. I know right. that. It much. must. Uh and then their eyes start glowing blue in that. Mm-hmm. And so like and then they like see through time or whatever. I don't actually know what spice does. And um so I I probably could have clocked this as Dune when they when they get high off of the the, the sand. Um, probably could have co- clocked it, maybe. But it did it did help when they're like we're the Dune Beatles. So they go with the Dune Beatles and to discuss a plan of attack. The worms congregate around the giant black orb, which is of course Nibbler's poop. Right. The dark matter. Uh, the dark matter. And they come up with a plan to go to the orb. Even though every path is deadly, 
uh, which I do appreciate that Bender is like, well, then let's just pick the shortest one. Like, <laughs> if they're all if gonna, we're gonna kill us, if we're gonna die no matter what, let's just get it over with. We'll just pick the shortest one. <laughs> so they go out with the second best guide, um, because the first best was, I believe, eaten by a sandworm. Absolutely, yes. <laughs> and uh, he's his plan is to do exactly what the first best guide did because he learned everything from him, and he'll just do that again. So, you know, including dying plan. by sandworm, including dying by sandworm, exactly. So they go out. They uh, during it's during this time, Zoidberg does notice the little micro mites yes on the thing and you know what they say about mites in uh, i think this is technically the second act mike you gotta fire them in technically the third act exactly so keep those mites in mind um everyone is grossed out by them except for zoidberg who he's like oh hey little friends yeah he also looks a lot like them so I think I think there's more. There's a familial uh, resemblance. I'll put it that way. Mm-hmm. It'd be like if I found a bunch of mites. Yeah. They all they all looked kind of like me, and they were all doing podcasts about Futurama. <laughs> I'd be like, "Hey, hey, little guys, how's it going? How are you enjoying this reboot series so far?" <laughs> um, they'd be my friends, and everyone else would be like, "Ben, that's disgusting. What are you doing?" Ben, why are there so many little versions of you? I like we go different directions. The podcast, (laughs) fine. Why are there so many different little versions of you? Is really what I want to know. So yeah, keep those mites in mind. Uh, They do after. uh, Well, so they they get to the 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 spot where the first best guide was destroyed. And uh, eaten by sandworms, as it were. Right. And then there is a there is a fun joke here where uh, he's like, "Oh, well, I have I'm going to use this device to like make them aware of us." And he pulls out this pounder, which is just a mm. hammer that like pounds into the sand. Yeah. And then Bender goes, "Oh, my grandfather was a pounder." And then as the sandworm comes out of the ground, eats the the guide, and they're running away. And he's like, hey, I guess that makes me a quarter pounder. And I laughed both times I watched this episode. (laughs) It's such a stupid joke that I loved. It's such a great, (laughs) great joke. I agree. I I honestly can't say anything more about it, especially because he does pull that uh, quarter pounder uh, out uh, later with his tap shoes. Uh, mm-hmm, to mm-hmm. to re to re-engage the worm. That sounds like a, a euphemism that I'm not prepared to try to explain. Um, <laughs> uh, wow. So, yeah, they they manage to run away from the worm. They find the giant orb, um, and then. They, uh, yeah, Bender does his little tap dancing routine. Um, he's a he's a tap dancing machine, as Zoidberg per, uh, points it's, out. It's true, which is uh, very, literally true, very literally true. Yes, summons the worm. The giant worm comes out, and it's actually a worm made of worms because the parasites that Fry had way back in Parasites Lost. 
they're back. And they engage in this fight with these super soakers full of ivermectin, which you just shoot it at a worm and they just explode. So yeah, that's yeah. fun. The the known way of how dewormer usually works. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then uh, they're, they're fighting and... Um, Nib- this kicks up enough of the dust that Nibbler sniffs at it and he gets high on his own supply. And uh, he's suddenly in the in the span of an instant, he shrinks himself down and then comes down to be like, I've seen through space and time and everything is connected. So stop fighting. Which works. They stop fighting. Um, he, I mean, he is the prophesized Messiah, according to these Doom Beatles, even though the book shows him with blonde hair and blue eyes, which I'm, is a very funny image. I'm also pretty sure that's a reference to the fact that I could be wrong here. And boy, if I am, I'm, we're going to get a lot of emails. But in the book, uh, Paul Atreides is discussed like that, but he's never been portrayed like that on screen. Okay, that's. If that's true, that's a very funny joke that flew entirely over my head, and only <laughs> mostly over mine. If it's um, if I'm if I'm wrong and it's just nothing, then I'm fine with it. Uh, but who knows? Email back to the future on a podcast gmail dot com. Uh, subject: Go to our Mike was wrong. Go to, um, our pa- <laughs> Go to our Patreon. Go to our Patreon. Pledge five dollars a month and tell us Mike was wrong. Um, that's the Mike was wrong tier. I'm um, fine with that. <laughs> hey, people on Twitter have been making bank for just being like, I don't know, uh, cheeseburgers cause the common cold when exposed to microwave radiation. And then they just tweet that and people get mad at it and and quote tweet it and then people just make money off of that somehow. I don't know how the internet works anymore and it makes me feel like old man yells at cloud. Uh-huh, same. But if you want to make us um, have a lot of money like that, just yell at us. <laughs> I'm sure it'll work fine. Uh, but yeah, if if that's... If, if you're... Uh, summation of that joke is true, then that's a very funny joke uh, that I just totally missed, but it's it's very clever. Again, hopefully I'm somewhat close. So yeah, Nibbler is the messiah, so he comes down and talks about how everything's connected, so he wants them to stop fighting. He's fine with the worms, basically eating his brain because... He's like, I'm just I'm just part of this big chain of life and I'm not going to fight that because I've seen through space and time due to litter box sand. So, yep. (laughs) You know, when just I I don't mean to like take a step away from the show for a moment, but like Uh when you describe it this way, like it feels weird watching it. But when you're like, he's getting high off of litter box sand crystals and can see mm-hmm. through time and space, it's like, huh. That's an interesting, interesting concept to come up with. Before we got the house and uh, we were both working from home, there was a little bit of time where I was, uh, my desk was in our living room where the litter box was and the cats would use it and kick up a bunch of dust Sure. And all that made me want to do was be dead because <laughs> I just 
my entire nose would just be clogged up with like the dust of cat litter. Right. Uh, to the point where I was like, all right, I'm moving our air purifier to be literally between me and the litter box because otherwise I will not survive this. So the idea of being of like kicking up cat litter dust and then getting high off of it sounds absolutely terrible to me. Yeah. I mean, it does sound like you did see all of time and space. You just didn't want to be part of any of it. Uh, yeah, exactly. You know, you see where you fit into that great circle of life and you're like, wow, I'm an idiot doing Futurama podcasts. So, <laughs> you know, may, maybe, maybe I'll just let worms eat my brain and call it a day. Um, you I'll know what? fulfilled my purpose. You know, but an honorable way to go. Yeah, exactly. Um, so, uh, I mean, I've talked about it before, but uh, when I die, I want to be put in one of those mushroom suits so all the mushrooms can eat me because I've spent my whole adult life just eating mushrooms because they're great. And when I was a strict vegetarian, I'd eat a ton of them because they're they're great for vegetarian meals. So I think it's only fitting that mushrooms eat me when I'm dead because that's. That's the very small two point circle of life. Right. Is I eat mushrooms, mushrooms eat me. Ben, mm-hmm. ben eats mushrooms. Mushrooms eat Ben. Ben eats mushrooms again. Somehow, <laughs> yeah, exactly. I, I'm assuming this is a Last of Us thing. I I don't know. Pro- probably. Um, I I played the first part of Last of Us Part One and then uh got distracted by who knows what. I don't know. <laughs> I never finished video games. It's great. I'm uh, ex- except for Mega Man, which you want to randomize and get all done shuffle shuffle them up it's true i have uh i mentioned this during our pre-show banter but i i have been streaming on twitch um i've done two sessions of it but it's the mega man shuffler so every 20 to 90 seconds a different mega man game randomly gets shuffled in so i just have to pick up and play where i left off on the other game and then 20 to 90 seconds later i'm in the next game and it's a disaster that I inflicted upon myself, but I've got probably one more session left because I've got um, I, I'm finished with Mega Man One and I'm at Wily Castle in two through six. So so watch on uh, on Twitch. It's great. Uh, anyways, uh, Mega Man shuffles aside uh, and getting high on cat litter aside. Nibbler decides that he is fine with them eating his brain, and so he'll just be dumb, even though that means that instead of fancy brie, he wants uh, American cheese in single, in individually plastic-wrapped uh, packages. Right. You need more medicine, Nibbler. Want some manchego? Make it American in individual plastic-wrapped slices. No! Which, of course, is the dumbest way to eat cheese. Apparently so. That's what Futurama says. According to Futurama, the dumbest way to eat cheese. They said it, not us. Tweet tweet at them, not us. Because we, we're just the messengers here. Right. Um, or join our Patreon and yell at us that way. Yeah, totally happy to listen <laughs> to yelling there. Um. So, yeah, uh, Nibbler's happy to be dumb. 
uh, because he's part of this great circle of whatever. And then that's when they're like, wait a minute. So the the worms made Fry smart. Why are they making Nibbler dumb? And I will admit that at this point, I was kind of going under the assumption that they were just like up until this point, I was like, they're going to make Nibbler dumb just so that he he reverts back to a status quo state of just being a dumb house pet. Uh-huh. I I absolutely did not assume that the ending was going to be he's actually smart again because gotcha. Futurama keeps playing this game where it's like, OK, well, he's a super intelligent being who's, uh, you know, timeless and ageless and um uh, is super smart and uh he's just pretending to be a house pet to like oh we're just going to forget that like he's actually anything like that and so it just it keeps bouncing back and forth so right. i was like oh this is this is where they just put a put a nail in that coffin we're just going to call him a dumb house pet again never again will he be smart and we don't have to worry about it right but and instead yet- Instead, they realize, hey, wait, these worms made Fry smart, but they're making uh, Nibbler dumb. Why is that? They, uh, Leela shrinks herself again in the Planet Express ship that got chewed up by Nibbler, which was very, a very funny joke. A very funny gag because it just kind of like flies over or uh, falls over when it lands and goes, dink. Uh-huh. And the perfect, Leela the perfect sound effect. needs to be in this chamber full of the dust. That right. only shaman are allowed to be in because otherwise too much of it will warp your brain as evidenced by the guy literally spinning on the floor, which I don't think was a direct reference to like uh, things like Skyrim that are always buggy as hell. So like corpses just like rotate sure. forever on the floor. That's definitely what it made me think of, though. No, I, I see that. I, I, I don't know if that's a specific reference or just like it'd be really if, funny if he was like, I feel like I'm spinning and he's actively spinning on the floor. Right. I, I, I assume it's not a reference, but maybe it is. Um, anyways, they Leela demands to be in this thing and she's like, all right, fine, I guess, whatever. And she gets high on the the sand Um, she sees through space and time as everyone does when they get high on this stuff. I, I, every time you say she she gets high on the sand, it it feels like you're putting just enough of like, this is the dumbest thing I've ever had to say for the show (laughs) vibes for me, which is very funny. I mean, (laughs) mostly it's just, like I said, the, the idea of. Uh, like, cause like we both have cats. We know how it is. Like sure. they kick up a bunch of dust and you kind of smell it in the air a little bit. And you're just like, Oh, I hate this. Yeah. This, right. Why, why in this moment, I'm questioning why I ever had a cat in the first place. Right. This is the worst part of the whole situation. And then, uh, you, then you move on. But, uh, but just like the idea of literally getting in a chamber full of that and then being like, this is going to make <laughs> me high as a kite. And, <laughs> Want to eat a bunch of frosting, but also be able to see through time. Also, the yeah. frosting was called Betty Cockroach, which was which very, is very funny. good, very, very good. It's it, th- those that was so very Futurama to just like hide a little joke in there. Uh-huh. It's very good. 
so anyways, Leela gets high on the sand. She sees through space and time and sees how everything's connected. And she was like, yes, Nibbler was exactly right, except he missed one layer of it because the mites, the little Zoidberg mites, are on the worms and they are sapping the worm's juice that made Fry smart. Yeah. So I don't understand how that works, but okay. Who needs to know? If I wanted to know, I would get in a chamber filled with sand that makes me high, and then I'd I'd see it all, Mike. But I'm I not going to do that. To hearing what you what happens after that. Um, that's about how I expect to feel after we eat five hot dogs in a day. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen all of time and space, and it will be me on a toilet. Uh huh. Um. So. Uh, <laughs> so yeah they uh zoidberg's also there because he's shrunk himself down to go hang out with his mite friends and he's like oh i i bet you're all worried about me and they're like uh literally not y- y- yeah sure so yeah it's the mites uh they are somehow sapping the the worms energy and so all they have to do is get rid of those mites and then the worms can continue to live inside Nibbler, and then he'll still be smart, and everything's right. fine. Uh, the so the, so the worms like start smacking themselves to get the mites off, and everybody does like, I guess I I don't have a a, a way of like describing it, but like you know how uh, in like the traditional way of you know people stomping on grapes to make wine. Mm-hmm. It kind of looks like this, but has the most dramatic music possible in this moment to like stomping these little mites. And uh, Zoidberg is like, hey, friend, you're getting close with the stomping. And and Bender just basically crushes him, uh, which makes me uh, which gives me questions about how they're going to deal with the Zoidberg character coming forward or if they're just going to ignore that that happened. He's he's dead for all time now. So no. uh... He's in, he literally is in, you know, he has to be part of an episode preview that that I've read. How will they do it? It's his brother Noidberg. You got to avoid the Noidberg. You've got to, he ruins pizzas. Um, Just like Zoidberg. Uh, Yeah, with the anchovies. (laughs) Wow. How did that... (laughs) How did that just happen, Mike? Um, so, yeah, they, they oh, man. brush off all the mites. They stomp all the mites. Uh, including Zoidberg. Including Zoidberg. They are... Everything is fine. Uh, Nibbler is back to being smart. He can help yep. out with three-dimensional crossword puzzles. He uh, is in communication with the Niblonians. <laughs> Which um, is possibly the funniest moment in it because he basically recaps the whole episode and the Niblonians are like, cool. And then it immediately shuts down. <laughs> <laughs> like, uh-huh. just, just a single word of like, cool story, bro, and then leave. The interwoven dependency of all things was the ultimate epiphany. Yet thanks to Leela's unwavering loyalty and utmost bravery, my consciousness returned to ponder another glorious phase of our universe's evolution. Good. I mean, as someone who has ADHD and occasionally hyperfixates on things and then info dumps on people, I understand that response. <laughs> 
I get it. I've been there. Sure. Fair. Um, I, I get that. And uh, yeah, so everything's back to normal. Status quo. Uh, status quo being Nibbler is smart, but is also pretending to be a dumb house pet, I uh-huh. guess. And, and, and uh, Zoidberg Zoid- has been crushed. And Zoidberg has been crushed to death. So status quo has been maintained <laughs> in every conceivable way. Yes. Uh, is there anything else you wanted to call out on this episode uh, specifically? I feel like we no. skipped over kind of a lot of things. Um, I mean, yeah. I mean, mostly that I just, I, I am not a fan of having eaten lunch during this this episode. <laughs> Literally, that's that's my one takeaway. Okay. Okay. Oh, but, but, um, but if you'd like, we can go to vibes. Don't eat. Don't eat that lunch. <laughs> uh, I mean, other than the my mistake. My mistake aside, um, I think this is a pretty good episode of Futurama. I think it is. It feels like an episode of Futurama. To your point of like, it kind of goes into clearly. There's a lot of people that love sci-fi on the writing staff. They're like, oh, we can finally do the Dune episode, and I'm like, cool. Don't know much about it, but I'm I'm uh-huh. excited. Um, the one, the one thing that does make it lean towards the Comedy Central, we, we mentioned it, the kind of weird topical reference to Ivermectin that is like going to be dated very quickly. Um, but other than that, it feels very much like it can fit within the Fox version of this show. Um, similar things of like, oh, we just want him to go down a a Hot Wheels track and go through a ring of fire for no reason, (laughs) you know, stuff like that, that Uh really feels, and and again, this happened with other like sequel episodes that we've done so far. It, because it's going off of something that Futurama has done and did in the Fox version of this makes it feel like it fits with that world. Um, Mm -hmm. So I'm wondering if, you know, we we just did the the how the west was 1010, you know, that one. Um uh-huh. and how that didn't that didn't feel right where Children of a Lesser Bog did because that's also a, you know, a a a, mm-hmm. a sequel episode. And I'm wondering if there is, you know, we want to see more of the stories that we've seen before or if there's interesting new stories that they can do, you know, that aren't just like legit direct sequels from other things. And I'm, I'm interested to see, but this being said, I did enjoy this episode other than the fact that my stomach was like, why did we put food into this? Uh Um, So for vibes, I'm going to give it a a thumbs up. Feels like Futurama to me. Okay. Yeah. Um, I mean, to, to your point about it being sort of a sequel uh, episode, um, they've, they've, Unlike the other ones, they very easily could have done this without it being about the same worms that were in Fry's guts, or sure. his tum-tum, as he put it. Yeah. Uh, they they didn't really have to do that. Um, I will That's say fair. I'm, I'm a, a little bit nervous about how often they're they're going back to, like, we got to bring back every weird character and every weird plot point, and, like... Sure. There is a danger of it, tr- of a show that is rebooted trying too hard. Um, uh, like, as an aside, uh, my wife and I are currently watching through Steven Universe Future for the first time. Okay. 
And every other episode, we we just kind of look at each other and like, man, they're just they're trying so hard. Like, it's not that we're not liking it, but it is it feels like they're trying way too hard. And that it, it comes off feeling a little bit um, desperate, I guess. Sure. Like I can buy that. Yeah, uh, certainly about Steven Universe future. And so I'm not saying that Futurama is there yet, but I'm nervous that because they keep going back to that same sort of well, um, I'm like, how are, are they just going to hit like every single weird character? Like is um, uh, Adel- Adelaide, Adelaide Atkins, Adelaide yeah. Atkins, whatever his name is, is he coming back in an episode is, um, uh, is, uh, uh, Alcazar coming back in an episode? Like <laughs> I, I am, I am a little bit like, yeah. oh man, like the, the, the worms being the same worms without really needing to be, I'm just, I, it makes me a little bit nervous, but sure. I could buy that, especially knowing what's coming up. I'm, I'm looking at the next few episodes, um, likely being related to items you viewed, which is a mom centric episode. And then mm-hmm. I know what you did next Xmas being a robot Santa episode. So like we're getting this, the characters back, we're getting the gang back together uh-huh. and it, that includes some deep cuts. So I am, I am just a little bit nervous about that. Now with that said, this episode does absolutely feel very similar to a Fox era, uh, episode where they're like, all right, we're going to take this established sci-fi property. We're going to make our own riff on it. It's going to be weird and dumb because it, now it's about dung beetles. I'm sorry, dung beetles. The G is almost silent. Right. Um, and in that, and it's it's another sci-fi, legendary sci-fi thing that you and I know nothing about. So <laughs> in a lot of ways, it feels feels like classic Futurama and there were a lot of jokes in there that really made me feel like I was watching classic Futurama again. And overall, I enjoyed the episode, even if the idea of sniffing that much cat litter uh, decided to make my entire upper respiratory system try to leap out of my body. Sure. Um, Otherwise, I mean, it was, it was a, I enjoyed it. I, I think it was definitely uh, a good sort of uh, callback to original Futurama. I'm going to give it a thumbs up. I enjoyed it. Um, you know, with that little with that little caveat of I am nervous that by episode ten I'm just like, oh god, they were they tried so hard. They just had to pull in every single character. I can't believe there's an Adlai Atkins episode. Right. Like, a little nervous for that, but we'll see. Um, uh, but yeah, uh, that's, that's my take, but we want to know what you think about this episode about doing beetles. Uh, would you watch this episode while eating? What did we get wrong about Dune? Yell at us. Yeah. Yell at us on the various social medias. Um, but mostly Patreon. Would you eat (laughs) five hot dogs in a single day? Um, would you, uh, the, would you, the would you rather is a very serious one, but you could still tell us whether you would abolish war or cure every kind of cancer. 
We want to know all these things and more. You can let us know through various platforms. We are on the internet at backtothefuturama.net. Uh, there's a contact form there that you can uh, send us a little message, or you can email us directly at backtothefuturamapodcast at gmail.com. We are on failing website X. Oh, there were, okay. So you were, you told me a couple weeks ago that you weren't going to call it that. I'll call it failing website X. I'm not going to okay, call it fair enough. X with just the name. Right. Uh, we're, we're on that. Uh, we're on we're on failing website x at twitter.com slash back to futurama um so take take that how you will we are on patreon at patreon.com slash back to futurama we do mike have two new patreon Whoa. patrons this week well welcome um so uh shout outs to branson bishop and john howarth uh who both uh, are new patreon patrons so uh thanks for your support and thanks Absolutely. for the Thank support you so much from everyone who else who has been a patreon patron for a while um so uh yeah, that's patreon.com slash back to Futurama. Yeah, and, and thank thank everybody for coming to the end of these. We know that this one particularly got got me in a way where I'm like, oh boy. Because uh, again, or ate lunch, wouldn't recommend it. But thank you again for coming to these, whether or not you, 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 you're a patron or you just listen or you tweeted us or we love, we love interacting with you and we love being able to put a smile on your face. So hopefully this one didn't make you wretch at all. Because it, I kind of got there. I kind of got there near the end. That's it for us this week. Uh, we will be back next week with related to items you'd, you've viewed. Uh, so we'll we'll see how that one goes. Mm-hmm. Uh, Who doesn't want to fight mamas on? I have... I have worries. I have... <laughs> I have worries. And also, there was this... I don't know if it was like a national thing or not. Okay. When I was growing up, there was uh, this like modeling school uh, called Barbizon. And there were commercials on it all the time. That was just like, Barbizon? Barbizon. And so, uh, Momazon makes me think of that. So, that, uh-huh. that might be a very niche me thing. Sure. But we'll find out. Uh, if that was a thing when you were growing up, let us know. Um, um, I, now I, I know we're almost at the end of this episode, but I, this is an important enough, uh, breaking news that I do want to let everyone know. I Googled Mamazon and it took me to a place that has a Mamazon pregnant Jeff Bezos t-shirt. And I'm unhappy about it. Until next time, I'm Ben. <laughs> and I'm Mike. Goodbye Goodbye from from the the world world of tomorrow. Good.